0: Welcome to Recruiting is No Joke, a live stream and podcast dedicated to the recruitment industry. I'm your host, Joel Algie. Each week, I sit down with leaders in the people space to hear their story, what's going on in the market, and what they see for the future. Remember, this is a live show, so if you're tuning in right now, please say hi and ask questions. If you're listening to the recording, welcome, and I hope that you can join a future live session. Special shout out to Bright Hire and Teal for sponsoring the show. More on that later. But for now, sit back and enjoy the most unpredictable show in TA. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. It's uh, great to be here with you guys. This is Recruiting is No Joke. And we're on episode... 33. So I am super excited that we made it past episode eight, which is where <laughs> most podcasts just <laughs> fail. Uh, we made it past that. So, uh, welcome, and everybody. And, guys, if you are out there, I know I said it in the intro, but really love when you just say hi, tell us who you are, where you're from. Um, and then, if you've got questions for today's guest as well, we welcome all questions. And I want to give a shout out to Bright Hire. Uh, guys, if you didn't see their new uh, product feature that they just dropped yesterday, uh, go check out my post from yesterday they've got analytics now that can really help your process become more equitable so you can avoid bias throughout the interview process And another shout out to teal if you're on the job search which i know a lot of people are you need to check out teal they have some amazing tools like being able to match your resume to the job description using ai and it can give you advice on like what keywords to use so definitely check out teal if you're on the job search and uh i appreciate both of those companies a lot so now we're now we're kind of through with the the corporate jargon part uh just joking i love my sponsors but i'd love to welcome uh, katie to the show today katie welcome how are you
1: i'm good thanks Joel. i'm happy to be here
0: yeah we we were chatting before the show and it was like i think we we probably had a conversation about this episode maybe two three months ago maybe february and uh this year has just flown by. So uh, it's, it's great to have you here. Why don't, why don't you give everybody a quick, quick intro on, on what you do, who you do it for, and then I would love to know like how you got into uh, talent acquisition, people function as well, I'd love to, love to hear that.
1: Sure, um, it's, a, it's a good story. So I'm the vice president of talent acquisition and DEI at Health at Software. And what we do at Health Edge is we build products and sell services for insurance companies. Mm. So our, our customers are payers, so health insurance companies, and we build um, software to help them uh, focus more on people and less on process and administration and you know things like care member uh, engagement and using mm-hmm. software to do that versus uh, kind of old manual ways. So, we're about a 2,000 person company and we're, we're based in, uh, we have a headquarters in Burlington, Massachusetts, but have offices in Virginia and three offices in India.
0: Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Recruiting is No Joke. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Bright Hire. The old way of hiring just doesn't cut it anymore. And my friends at Bright Hire are here to help. BrightHire is the leading interview intelligence platform for improving quality of hire at talent-first companies. Their technology records and transcribes interviews and creates a set of highlights you can revisit and share to streamline the process, improve the candidate experience, and give teams better information to make the best possible hiring decisions. If you're looking to improve your quality of hire and reduce bias in your hiring process, Visit brighthired.com today and let them know Joel sent you. Now back to the episode. Thanks again. And how big is the team that you're currently leading?
1: The the global recruiting team at HealthEdge is about 25 people right now. So we have a team based in India and a team based in the U.S.
0: Very cool. Very cool. So walk us through because you have... uh... I would say 99% of people who join the show, I, when I ask them, like, how did you get in recruitment? It's always, well, I fell into it. And yeah. most of the guests started out in agency recruitment um, and then decided at some point to go internal. Uh, and I know that that's not your path. So, so why don't you give us a little bit of a backstory about how you got uh, started in, in uh, the talent acquisition uh, space?
1: Yeah, I'm happy to. It, it is not the traditional um, traditional path. And I, I always say when I'm interviewing recruiters for my team, if you look me up and did your research, you're going to say, have you ever done this job? Like, have you ever done this job? <laughs> um, And the truth is no, right? I, I've never held that title of a recruiter, but I worked in consulting services for a long time um, at some big companies, Oracle, Adobe. And part of what happened all the time is we'd go to hire for the team. For the existing team that was a you know an engineering project management team that we were were putting on consulting projects and we would be short staffed right and we'd come to a point that we needed to hire. I'd go to our internal recruiting partners and try to open positions and talk them through what we needed and always found a mismatch right. Mm. So what I would would end up happening is I'd have these conversations and I'd say I need an engineer that could be customer facing and still um, you know really technically deep but but also able to communicate what they're what they're doing to stakeholders and always kind of feeling frustrated that I wasn't getting that match I'd get you know uh, engineers that were heads down and and could not and did not want to communicate to other people in in teams they were collaborating with certainly not to customers so over time what kept happening as a recurring pattern is I would take over the hiring um, for the team that I was supporting and say you know what I'll I'll just do it. I,
0: that's a that's a fun job to take on.
1: Yeah. So it was a little bit out of frustration and on the side of my desk, but I'll I'll take on the <laughs> hiring, right? That's kind of um, it's it's also indicative of my personality. But but I um I it kept happening. So several several companies I had that as almost like a, a side note to my my day job, which was was leading resource management teams for, for consulting. Um, and then five years ago, I was introduced to um, the head of HR at Health HealthEdge uh, really as a networking conversation because they were struggling to mm-hmm. hire consulting teams. So they, they were finding the same kind of problem that they had people who had the skill set but couldn't actually communicate to customers in the right way. So had what I thought was a networking conversation and um, turned into a job, a job offer. And I, you know, I said to, to our head of HR and to our CEO at the time, I haven't done this. Mm. Just, just so you know, I, like, I have not built this, but I felt like I could because, you know, taking the perspective of where the business comes from and like understanding that requirement was, was always my struggle and, and my peers struggle that we couldn't quite get the recruiting team to understand what the business did.
0: Mm, and therefore so what they needed.
1: yeah, so so here I am, uh, five, five years later, started out with a team of two, uh, and now we're at, at 25 globally. But really trying to infuse that piece of like, if you don't understand what the business is trying to accomplish, how can you fill the position? Right. So, really trying to bring my team closer to what the vision is of the organization, where we're trying to, why are we growing? Right. It's not enough to know the job is open, but why is it open? Right. Are we building something new? do we have a new customer that we signed right having that context to to kind of fill in the the missing pieces and help find candidates for that role is i think critical and uh, that's kind of how we massive
0: yeah i it's so it's so interesting i talked to somebody yesterday and we're in the exact same discussion and um you know it's i I think it's and it's almost like across divisions as well you know like if you're in marketing you might know a lot about marketing, but if you don't actually understand the business objectives and where marketing fits into the business objectives, it's hard to be effective, right? Yeah. And so I, I do think that a lot of times like as recruiters, we we get really caught into into like the recruitment process and the interview process. but I, I wonder how many times recruiters are really thinking about like the the what matters to the business. Yeah, you know, and, and, I, uh, I, I think that happens a lot.
1: Is that you kind of get stuck in what you think is right,
0: yeah. and
1: is the right way to do it, and which might be the right case on on paper, but for this team, this role, this this time in the organization's growth, all of those factors should come into play when when we're talking about who we're going to bring into the team.
0: Yeah, no, it makes sense. So you said a couple things too that were interesting. One that I'd love to touch on is, you know, as you're bringing people into your team and, and i'd like you maybe not so much now because obviously you've been you know in your position for five years so yeah. well established but you know like when you would j- let's say a year or two into it yeah w- what were d- i mean did you ever have recruiters kind of actually take a look at your background and go okay well what's what's going on here or like how i guess how did you do how did you kind of like work through uh some maybe some of uh, maybe some of the blind spots or maybe some of the things that you just weren't familiar with yeah. that uh, like, how how did you kind of manage that and still lead the team? Um,
1: so I I try to own it right up front. Right, I my hope is any recruiter worth their salt has checked me out before we get on the phone.
0: <laughs> Let's right. hope so. Yeah. Right, we
1: hope that the basics have happened. Right, they're looking at me, and I'll I'll call it out and be like, hey, I know you checked me out. Often you can see it. Right, that you just, if they're not yes. using a recruiter license, I, you checked me out, and let me explain how I got here. <laughs> right? Here's like, my cover
0: letter to you. Like, why I got into this let
1: story. me sell, sell myself. But I think it's really say, you know, being upfront about it, right? I, I have not sat in your shoes, right, necessarily, but I do understand how it's going to impact the business and how we work with them. Um, but I don't, I don't want to pretend that I, I've i done a lot of recruiting in the last five years. But, um, and I've done it in pockets, like I said before, but as my sole function, this is new to me. And I learn from the people on my team every day, you know, about their in the field experience. And a lot, of, you know, we have kind of a mix of people who've come from agency backgrounds or who have, who started out corporate and stayed, but like, I want to hear that. Like, I want to understand what they've, what am I missing in this situation? If we're talking about something and they're, you know, they're adamant about their position. I want to know what am I missing? Like what, what experience did you have that, that leads you to think this is the way forward but I think that my, like my game is to just be honest about it, right? This, like, I'm not somebody who recruited for 20 years and then, you know, came into a position, I grew into a position here yeah. and was given, uh, and I'm grateful for that opportunity, like that the team saw something uh, different and took a chance, but it was a chance for sure. It was an experiment.
0: Uh, it's, it's, it's worked great, which I, I, I love, and I love like having the outside perspective you have, particularly with the resource management and mm-hmm. also just seeing the, the kind of the holes where, where you were in the past with some of the recruiters that you worked with. I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, when, when you approach this new position, what were some of the gaps that you, you saw, like what, what is, what are some of the gaps you think you have seen maybe with, even with recruiters that joined the team and, and, um, you know, I know we mentioned kind of understanding the whole business, but let's just dive into that a little bit deeper. Like what, what do we, what do we mean when we're talking about understanding the business? What does it actually mean?
1: Yeah. I think really familiarizing yourself with what we do, right. I know most, I always ask this at new hire orientation, people don't know necessarily what we do, right. You read the website, you're kind of a general idea, but to really build up that understanding and meet the people who are decision makers, right. Meet the executive team, understand what products are we selling? Right. We can't we can't talk about a role if we don't understand what they're going to what the product is they're working on. So trying to build like really have a kind of a listening tour. Right. So we as we onboard new people to our team, we talk about the organization for several days. Right. To think about here's here's how we're set up. Here's how we're structured. Here's the different business units in our organization and why these people these people's names are something you should know and things Mm. like that. And then into our recruiting process, right? Exactly about our systems and our our process and things like that, but they go hand in hand, right? There are people who can and have jumped in for need into a role right away an open position and say, okay, I can handle this because I've done it before. But I really try to give some of that, um, that context to, to who we are as a company and who we are as a culture. Because if we don't understand that it, like the translation to a candidate is never going to, to happen. So one of the things we do for that is, you know, we have a global team meeting once a month and I just invite speakers from the business, like to, to talk about their or their part of the organization, cool. what they do, what they care about when they hire, right? Because every every hiring manager and team is going to be different. But what do they look for? What do they need from us as their 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 particular part of the business is growing? I think having that mindset that TA is a service organization, right? We're, we're at the service of the business growth. Uh, and so our understanding mm-hmm. of why and how they're growing is as important as what roles they have open.
0: It's huge. I, I love that. And I, I, I think those are the questions too that candidates are going to have, right? And very quickly, if you don't have a grasp and an understanding of that, you can lose credibility, you know especially it. in this <laughs> market where it's really tough uh it still is tough even though there's layoffs and and there's maybe more candidates on the market again like the technical skills versus culture and mission alignment and vision alignment it's still it's still challenging it's still challenging to build teams it's always going to be challenging no matter how many people there are in fact having more people on the market may make certain aspects more challenging uh we got a question here from axel and I think this is a great question um, he said, what if, uh, as a recruiter, you're not included in the business plans? And I don't want to necessarily, I think we can address that question, but kind of building on that, yeah. like, how do you get into the business plans? Yeah. Like, how, how do you, how have you gotten in with, you know, senior leadership, yeah. the, the team that's driving those decisions and, you know, got a seat at the table to be able to you know, to, to drive what you need and get the information you need? Like what advice would you, would you give to someone who's in this situation?
1: Yeah, I I think it is not always easy, right? There is there. I know when, when my team, myself and my team started here, there was kind of a resistance to, to what is TA all about? You know, there was definitely a feeling that they overused agencies and they would just, you know, if I get a resume from a staffing agency, that's fine. Why do I need you? Right, there was definitely hmm. a disconnect. It, I, even I I people say that people who are no longer with such, but kind of say <laughs> that uh, really buy. directly, like <laughs> really directly to say, like I don't, I don't really know what you're here to do. Um, so that took time, right? And what I think was the best uh, strategy was doing well with good hires, right? So that like give us a chance to prove this. We're not going to open it to agencies right away. We're going to put our internal team on it. Uh, we had a full revamp of the the internal team as I joined. So like kind of selling that story to say, like, let us try and let us, let's meet regularly. Let's have conversations about what it is you need. And if you're not seeing it work, like, let, then we can recalibrate. Then we can go to agencies, whatever the next step might be. Um, and that took time. There was, you know, really what needed to happen was people needed to be hired and then do well. Right. And then then kind of start to see the the proof that, okay, this this method, like if you include your TA partner in a way as an extension of your team, you're going to see better and like, you know, clearer results in your hire. Right. I think that's one way. One thing that continues to evolve over time is um, being really close knit with our HR business partners we are working, you know, also trying to get as embedded with the business as possible to understand what they're building and sharing that information between, you know, between our teams and our, our larger team to understand, you know, what might be happening in a certain team as they're hiring and um, things like that. But it, it is kind of persistence, right? And I had times where I would just stand outside of conference rooms back, back in the day when people were in person and we were, you know, at, I'd wait outside of a conference room for feedback on somebody if somebody hadn't been proactive to reach out and say hey i talked to this person and we like them i would stand outside the conference room until they came out So, oh, wow. hey, to hear about um how does that interview go right we mm. need to be able to get back to this candidate um, and also educating the business that the candidate experience is as important as them getting their interview questions out right are we giving space for candidates to ask their own questions are we talking about the company? Do we have a sales pitch that we're talking about with candidates? And that didn't exist. Like we had to kind of teach and still that's an evolution. Like we're still teaching managers that process, right? But the more they see the benefit in hires, the more willing they are to participate.
0: I love that. So almost like a don't, you know, kind of like, don't tell me. It's like show me. Show me. Yeah. 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 I, which I, I think, it's obviously a challenge right so i don't know what uh you know for axel i don't know what position axel's in uh obviously you know if you're if you're maybe not a leader on the team you know this is going to be challenging but i I think i love i love what you said about the you know educating and continuing to educate people on things like Canada's experience which i'd I'd love to i'd love to chat about because obviously uh Again, I think you just have a unique persp- perspective because you, you know, weren't in a position and then you jumped into a position where you're able to like build something, which I think is really unique. And obviously being able to look at your past background, it makes sense. But when it comes to Canada experience, uh, like why, I, I'm, I've been like running my mind through this, like why is Canada experience such a challenge for organizations? Like why do you think it is yeah. it's something basic like... You, you know, not waiting too much time to get feedback. Like, why is yeah. that such a challenge? Why, why do you think it continues to be a challenge?
1: You know, it, it is one of the things that when you were asking me about, the, you know, struggles and adjustments switching into this um, into this position, that was one that I struggled with because I got it. as a, As a hiring manager, I got it. And I understood that part. And to continue to kind of have to beat that drum and tell people, you know, this is important for us to move fast, regardless of what the market's doing right? Somebody is looking for a job, it's personal, it's hard, it's stressful, right? And our ability to to give them an answer, even if it's a no, right? To just let them know where they stand in the process is a big foundation of how I want the team to run is thinking about that experience from a candidate's shoes, Mm. right? How how stressful that is, how many times you don't hear back from, from a company and that you just get ghosted. That's easy stuff to contain, right? We can you can do better, right? That's that's easy for us to to get back to somebody, but we need the partnership of the business to say, hey, what's the feedback? Hey, do, did you get a chance to look at this resume? Um, and I, but I do think it's it's kind of a chronic problem, right? Even if you feel like we've, we're doing a good job with it, but then we're still chasing managers to say, hey, you spoke to this person three days ago, right? I want that, you know, it doesn't need to be lightning fast, but I think, you know, within a couple of days so that we're giving feedback, you know, I want somebody who applies and um is not even close to a fit to have the same experience as the star that we're trying to woo. Mm.
0: So,
1: so that they they feel like they heard back when they in a timely manner, they were clear with what where they stood, they knew what was next, um, and that they heard from us on a regular basis. And that that's idealistic and it doesn't happen in every single candidate exchange and every um every interaction, but it should be the the North Star.
0: And and again, like I just I think I'm just curious of like why, like is even just, you know, in, in, in your kind of experiences at, at different companies, like why it kind of just slips or like, is, is it just, it just doesn't seem like there's a priority. And this is just across the board. Like I, I've been thinking about it more and more and I'm yeah. like, all right, I see so many people right now, particularly recruiters actually, because there's a lot of recruiters on the market they're and they're like different. going through like absolute terrible candidate experiences. Right. But then it's like this weird thing where it's real I don't actually think it's really like a recruitment issue necessarily it's like an organizational issue so it's think
1: it's an organizational so when I try to put myself in the shoes of our managers right particularly at our company we have a lot of growth happening we have a lot of change happening there's a lot of initiatives Um, you know we went from when I started five years ago we had about 200 people and we're about 2,000 Right a lot of growth. Wow. We've had huge growth. A lot of that has been organic hiring. Some of it's been acquisition, but it's change. It's all this big bucket of change that people are managing through. Um, And I think what I think happens is a customer issue comes up. Something something else feels like a higher priority and your hiring that would actually help your your busyness gets kind of deprioritized down the schedule. And I think one of the things we realized, I don't think people, hiring managers always realize the time that's gone by, right? For us, like for for the recruiting team, you're like counting down being like, hey, I I messaged you two days ago. Where is this? Um, And I think that's that's certainly part of the challenge is that they don't recognize that that much time has gone by because they're so busy. Like they're drowning in other things with their work we started we do a friday update every week to our our hiring managers right so they get it even though you're communicating with them all week about the position they're they're working on on friday they get an email that says hey here's where things stand right i'm waiting for you for feedback on this person we're scheduling this person and is that
0: like an auto generated message then or it is is something an,
1: it, it is not yet <laughs> we're working okay. on it to be something through our ats um but it is an email so you know typically it's of oh, 5 minute exercise for the recruiter right to throw a few bullets out doesn't have to be you know a soliloquy but it really has to say here's what's going on here's where i need you um and here's what you know a status update you know you'll see these these interviews scheduled things like that but now we started to add days open to it right add to that to that piece and just enough of a trigger people are used to seeing it because it's part of our process but to have that to kind of trigger to say, oh, this has been open for 46 days. And people mm-hmm. go, oh, has it really been 46 days? Like even just like we were saying, we talked in February, all of a sudden it's May 17th that we're doing this conversation. I think that's what happens to hiring managers who are, they're bogged down in their day job, right? And they're, they're just trying to survive a lot yep. of time. Yep. And I think they don't see the clock ticking in the same way.
0: Yeah, it's super interesting because obviously for recruiters, it's They're, a priority to fill the role. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Right, like the job, and then for the job seeker, it's even more of yes. a priority, and then for the hiring manager, it's one of, you know, whoever, whoever, no, ten things, eleven yeah. things that they've got to worry about. I, well, very interesting. So, so a weekly status up, up update, keeping it top of mind. You've got the data on there. It shows like, okay, what's the next move here? What are we waiting yeah. on? I like that. It's uh
1: Yeah. You know, we, we introduced great. that as, as part of like the attempt to build credibility, right? To stay accountable. As we were a new team, kind of trying to get managers to listen to us and like, why should you take the time to sit down? Like they uh, our recruiters meet every other week with the hiring manager and at least to kind of sit, talk live, react to candidates, do some of those sometimes uh source together, but really think about um that the communication and most times, I'm confident that my team is having tons of conversations. You know, we 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 use Slack pretty heavily, having quick conversations, checking in on something all week long. Mm. But I think, from a manager's perspective, what happens is that's one of a million conversations that they're having, right? So they might have said yes, move forward with that candidate, and then they answered a customer call, and then they then they did yeah. ten other things. So by the time Friday rolls around, it's a blur, right? So trying to just make it clear and easy to scroll through on your phone and, and say like, okay, great. Here's where things stand. I, oh yeah. I owe Katie a response on this.
0: Yeah. I, I think uh, it makes a lot of sense. And I think this is what, like, this is what the challenge is. And I think recruiters, you gotta be mindful of this. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's also with candidates giving them the right expectations, but then mm-hmm. also like, I think even reiterating and cause a lot of, I think a lot of candidates when they're on the job search, they have an elated sense, sense of urgency, yes. but that sense of urgency, we all know it's not always there. It's, it is still urgent, but it's there's other urgencies too. And, and so I think it's also like, like you said at the beginning, coming back to like, what's the business objective, but even it, being able to communicate that to a candidate and say, look, I totally get it. Like, Hey, I'm really, really pushing this forward, but got to also understand that, you know, hi- hiring and recruiting for this role there's a lot of other things going on. And I'm not saying like make the concession, but I think yeah. I think communicating that in the market because what I think what happens right now is there's a lot of uh, career coaches and like, you know, whatever. There's a lot of businesses that thrive almost on job seeking. And so they'll yeah. point the finger and say, well, the process is terribly slow, but it's actually understanding what's going on. It's like, well, you've got two people where this is a priority, one person where it's not, but it's important. Yeah. And... Yeah, but that doesn't get communicated a lot. Usually what gets yeah. communicated is it's recruiters of the enemy stopping you from any progress. Yeah. And making uh, it slow
1: and cumbersome. And you know, I think there's a there's a lot that can be cleared up and whether this happens consistently too, it, it's person to person, but to say, hey, this is this is gonna be four steps, right? This is what our process looks like for this role. And hey, one of the things I want you to know is this particular hiring manager is at a customer offsite this week things are going to you know sharing some of that information not as an excuse but as
0: expectation setting
1: expectation setting right just yeah. say like hey um i'm i'm submitting you i i'm hoping to hear back but i know that this person is slammed until thursday so i'm probably not going to hear back till friday or monday yeah right? those little um those little touches go a long way too right it's, the recruiters don't want the, the recruiters are and on my team are the most anxious and impatient to, that they're like, come on, let's go. I, I found someone good, right? That's what happens. Like you talk to someone who you really like, and you're like, all right, great. This is the person. I want. I want this manager to respond to me, and then it's crickets right? If it's the other way around and you don't have somebody, they're asking you every day, right? It's always that kind of opposite that they're the manager themselves. If you can't find anyone is like, Hey, I haven't seen anyone yet. What's going on? Any, any progress in the role?
0: We've we've all been there, right? I no. needed this filled last week. I'll do whatever it takes. Okay. Yeah. Like, hey, day later, here's three candidates. Yeah. Sorry. Grandma's in town. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, not going to be able to get back to you. <laughs> You're like, I thought it was a priority, but I th- I think that like, I mean, to me, this is where like, there are the little things, right? It's like, expectations and communications and communication. I think it's where that this is where like, I do think that sometimes there, there there can be a slip up for recruiters. Cause I think a lot of times as recruiters as well, like our personality is very much like driving things forward. Move, and move, we, we want to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're here back for me. You're here back for me. You're here back for me. Yeah. But even just saying something simple, like, well, look, let me just check their schedule right now. Oh, it looks like for the next three days they're just slammed with, research or this conference yeah. or whatever they have. Because you know, when I run job seeker tips every single day on TikTok, one of the biggest things that people have is, uh yeah, I had my final interview and I haven't heard anything back. Yeah. And then they're like, well, do I follow up? Do I do this? And my in my mind I'm like, look, following up you can, but also like following up isn't gonna like magically give you the job either. Like yeah. they they've either made a decision, but I think that as recruiters, it's always like laying the expectations. And there's that old saying where it's like, you know, what is it under promise and over deliver, right? Yeah, so, hey, you may not hear back for a week. Obviously we're going to try and I'm going to try it. If you need something, text me. But I think there's that putting candidates, giving them the expectation, giving them that peace of mind. It yeah. goes, a, it goes a long way. Huge. And then staying on of top best... of your hiring managers, like you said too. too. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I think some of the best recruiters I've worked with um, that are, that are on my team today and, and that I've worked with in my career are the ones that do that step automatically. Like it's just part of their DNA and part of their routine to say, hey, I know you interviewed yesterday, I don't have anything yet, but you will know when I know and I'm on the I'm on the managers and I'm gonna get you information, not waiting for the candidate to reach out, right? But to already say like, hey, I'm aware you finished, you finished the interview an hour ago, how to go on your end, like tell me how you felt it went. A, and then B, here's what's next, right? Here's when you can expect to hear from me and making that connection to that takes away the anxiety for the candidate. And it it's just good. It's just a good practice to get in the hat for a recruiter to do that, to always kind of be managing their candidate experience and expectations automatically.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love that. And uh I think it was think Greg Savage. He did a number of posts about this and he's just like, no news is good news for Canada. You know, like, no, <laughs> new, no news is still great. Cause, and especially over the weekend. Like, yeah. It's about the weekend. The weekend is the worst. Well, I know um, Christina out there, she just said, uh, what's up, Joel? It, it just prompted me to think about um, Christina did a post recently uh, all about like chat GPT and how recruiters can be using it. So I'm curious mm-hmm. from your perspective, uh, obviously, I'm sure every leader's thinking like, how can we integrate AI automation and, and that? How you know, and, and what types of ways have you been looking at um, AI and automation? And what are your what are your thoughts in some of the ways that you think? Hey, these tools can really be used to to kind of help us with these areas. Like, have you have you given much? Have you had much time to kind of look around and and kind of see what's what, so? What's, where I, you guys I'd say. At?
1: Like infancy, that's where I'd say where we are with it, right? <laughs> so it's, you're not you're, you're not a ChatGPT
0: expert. You're not, not you're not starting. I'm not, a not an expert, okay. right. but
1: it is it's fascinating to me, and I'm learning more about it. I have a, a colleague that is is really um, getting per, like proficient and uh, looking to to learn a little bit there. But I think the more so that kind of sparked my interest, right? I have a, a colleague that's that's really kind of on the cutting edge and learning about it quickly. So having conversations with her started me looking into it a little bit more for us from a recruiting standpoint. And it seems like the possibilities are endless of like mm-hmm. where we could actually think about this from job descriptions and resume review and all these kinds of um, things that are kind of burdensome right now for, for TA teams. Um, but we, we have not implemented anything yet. We're kind of in the like search and discover phase, yep. like figuring out uh, we've had a couple of learning opportunities where different members of our team have gone and kind of sat on, on webinars and kind of just learning mm. what's out there uh, and, and how we can apply it. But I, I think it's going to be game changing.
0: Yeah, no, and I'm always good. I'm always, and I think just so everybody knows as well, I think pretty much everybody is uh, in that infancy stage because I mean, it's just and, and even if you do know a lot, it's like the technology is just evolving so quickly
1: changing um,
0: daily. Yeah. It, it is. And, uh, you know, I, I, think, you know, from sourcing, I know I've seen like these, yeah. you know, bright hire, for example, they have a tool where it's like they'll transcribe the whole interview and then AI will actually summarize the main points and you can just you know, click a button that summarizes yes. it. You I, I saw that on one of
1: your, on one of your other shows and then went into look into bright hire. Yeah. Um, but like stuff like that, like, think of the time that saves and, that the energy that some of the stuff that recruiters don't like about their job, like those I inscribing and administrative stuff, to have it condensed and uh, be ready for you is kind of miraculous.
0: Well, and to be able to give that time back into what we're talking about, right? Like, okay, why does ghosting happen? Why, why is there this mismatch of communication? A lot of times it's in most teams that I've seen, most teams tended to be with the exception of maybe the last 18 months where teams got really large because of anticipated growth most teams i've talked to are usually stretched thin and yeah. so i think it's it's look at like the you know the admin type roles you know or you know, the admin type tasks uh, that you can automate um, and yeah. So, I so think let's. That
1: happens with teams, a lot is that your your the main priority is always going to be fill roles, right?
0: Always, so, yep.
1: and you know, when we we were in this really high spike for this year, um, and seeing like constantly, you know, you fill one job, here comes another. Like my, we would joke about it. Like my team would be like, "Hey, they signed, and like great, here's more, right?" <laughs> yeah, high <laughs> here's five.
0: Here's ten more roles.
1: <laughs> yeah, here's more assignments. They're coming for you. Um, and we've had an opportunity in the last couple of weeks where it's slowed down. Right. And like no no recruiters wants jobs, jobs, jobs to not be open. It's it's part of our job security. But it gave us a chance to kind of pause and look at that list of projects that are like that wish list of like if we had time, we could do this. we, We could do this. And, you know, we've been kind of chipping away at some of that and and learning about AI and chat GPT is on that list. Right. How do we how do we dig in more and bring it to the table so that we're we're saving time and being efficient to focus on the people side? Of what we do, which is the most
0: important. And I, th- I think uh, Christine and even said that she says they need to optimize daily activities, focus on what's important, which is that human touch and relationships. Which yeah, exactly. Uh, could, well, I'm 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 curious too. Obviously, um, you know, you mentioned a little bit of a of a, a slowdown, which I mm-hmm. think a lot of people probably relate to. I mean, there's not it's not many times right now that folks talking to recruiters who are like, oh, I'm busier than I've ever been. Some will <laughs> some will always say that. Uh, you know, say you got to save the face, I guess. But uh, I I guess, you know, when when you're thinking about like from a recruitment, a recruiter perspective or someone who's in talent acquisition, right? Business sees that hiring is slowing down, you know, automatically leaders start thinking, okay, well, maybe we need, you know, to cut people from the team or or, or whatnot. But what are are some of the ways? And this is where I'm really curious just from your outside perspective, what are some of the ways that you think that, talent leaders recruiters on talent teams like what are some of those ways that they can add value to the business when when you're facing these times and like what are some of the ways that they that ta can position itself to not just be a pure you know hey all we do is fill roles like what what are some of those things yeah
1: yeah so that that's been certainly top of mind for our team and uh kind of working across like my hr leadership teams talking about saying you know uh, what else do you have on your team, right? Are there opportunities within our, you know, within the recruiting team that someone might have interest in learning about being an HR business partner, understanding more about how total rewards work, right? Where are there opportunities to kind of sh- job shadow if there are those kinds of interests, but also projects that the team as not just TA, but as our whole people team have been been working towards, like we're building out an intranet right now in at Health Edge and where can we have our, our TA team kind of help with that content? Employer branding, right? Thinking working with our, our corporate communications team to say like, hey, we can do blog posts about candidate experience, about how to interview, about culture and why it matters to people and what they look at. So we made a whole list of of things like that, like blog posts and social media types of campaigns that it, it's what we always, you know, if we had time, could we do This stuff and uh, making some of that real, right. And taking that list of, you know, how we're reaching out to everybody we hired this year. So in the U S we hired just under a hundred people already um, since January, reaching out to them and checking in, Hey, is this what you hoped it would be? Is this Mm. working for you? Uh, Are you following us on LinkedIn? Are you, did you uh, post about your experience on Glassdoor about, you know, coming into the company and and if it's going well and, and those kinds of things? Um, but really kind of focusing on branding, uh, cross-functional training within the rest of our team to see where there are opportunities to, to learn from each other, but also help yeah. the other parts of our team that might be a little bit more underwater right now with, you know, mid-year reviews and things like that. How can we help? Uh, we, we've been talking to our HR partners about helping with stay interviews, right? Our Our team is practiced and skilled interviewers. So how can we help? reach out to employees that have, that have come into the organization and check in, right. And see how they're doing. So really like kind of thinking across the team, like where are their opportunities and interests and, and finding combinations for those two.
0: Very cool. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Particularly that the stay interviews, but then also, I think, you know, it's looking at like, again, going back to that, what does the business need and, yeah. and getting out of this. And, and I think this is honestly, it's across the board. Like it's just thinking in every function, yeah, like, how can I add value to how the business? How can
1: I add, add value? How can I learn more myself? Right. <laughs> I so think, think of the, the skill set for recruiters is tenacious, curious, resourceful, persistent, right, kind of used to picking up details um, that aren't said. Right when someone gives you a job description, they almost generally, uh, you know, don't know exactly what they what they want in that job description. But reading between the lines, right? So all these skills that are kind of inherent into a recruiter position are really transferable to other parts of the business. And thinking about where you can help solve a problem, help with bandwidth, you know, and and do that kind of uh, value add just by by bringing what you already have to the table.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I I know, uh, again, with where the market is right now, obviously, you're still hiring. Are you seeing any, like, to quote LinkedIn... Uh, this week they're calling it the was it the great stay or like the big stay. Yeah. Oh, I just hate those names. But uh um
1: designation. I, Ra- I don't like the great stay. I'm not into it.
0: Only one I'm into is Rage applying because you can
1: do it. <laughs> Rage apply. <laughs> rage
0: apply I think is yeah. just genius. Well, how, who's, it's true though. I think a, people
1: do that. That I think one's so, pretty too. apt.
0: I mean, recruiters have been taking advantage of rage applying for years, right? Yeah. Like, I remember my, 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 uh, one of my old managers being like, yeah, you just catch him on a bad day and then you yeah. can, can uh, there
1: ha- like, you know, we used to do, uh, a, a, we had a, a time probably two or three years ago, we did a ton of content on Sunday nights. Because it was Sunday like, night dread, right? Like wow. We that call it like, Are you dreading tomorrow? Like come check out a new opportunity. Well,
0: LinkedIn used to do it. They used to send me a message on Sundays that says, you know, are you sure you want to go into work on Monday? <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's sure? a new opportunity.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, do LinkedIn. I just started my job last week, all right? I'm fine. <laughs> what, yeah, but I
1: think we are definitely seeing that like in our attrition data that that the people who are here are staying. Um, for fear of the market, right? We hope that they're staying because the company's great, but we know that you know, like everyone, we're working on issues and, and making things better. Yeah. And I think um we've probably benefited from that a little bit right now that, that the market is has people a little bit more intimidated to go apply or or look. But we're feeling that on the on the recruiter side too, that you know you're reaching out to people saying like, oh, more people are in the job search than had been in the last six months. But they're also afraid if they're passive and they're not they're not affected by a layoff. They're more they're less likely to actually respond to us right now, because they're in a secure spot.
0: Yeah, and I and how I guess how do you because um, it's such a contrast, right? Like if you just think eighteen months, I mean, I it blows my mind. Um, not even eighteen months ago. I remember a year ago listening to yeah, a podcast here. that I was on, and they're they, they like, "Can you believe that the demand for?" recruiters is the same demand as software engineers. Cause everybody's growing, this is boom time. And you know, I <laughs> just see recruiters just all over <laughs> LinkedIn, make it right. I've talked to recruiters and they would be like, yeah, I got seven offers. What do you got for me? And I'd like, yes. oh no, no, yeah, it's 90 uh, K does that sound like? No, I won't talk to you for less than 300. Yeah. They're like, okay. But now it's such a, sh- a change. So like, how have you been coaching the team? Like what, a, how, how do you kind of, you know when someone has those concerns how do you alleviate that with yeah. still being yeah. transparent and obviously not just be like lying to them, right? right. Like how do you, right, how you right, right. deal with that?
1: You know, th- like they're say, same as we think of like a candidate experience. The people who have come into our team have taken faith that we're continuing to grow. That's That's been the story. Like the full five years I've been here, we've never not been actively growing mm. by, by a lot, right? So it was a change in pace for us to say, hey, we're slowing down a little bit. We're still hiring, but it's at like top priority. Um, and really trying to be as honest as I could, right. Sharing what information I had gotten from the leadership team from, you know, from our chief people officer to make sure that I'm, I'm being as honest as I can, um, without being fake, right. <laughs> to say like, Hey, I, this is, this is what we know. I know this feels different, right. My team is very used to more more more, right. Like, Hey, you filled 10 roles. Here's 10 more. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, and it's, it's kind of in their personalities, right. In, in the ways that make them great recruiters is that they're hungry, for, and they want more and they want to be busy and and having downtime is confusing and scary and, and anxiety-ridden. So really just trying to be um, really transparent with where we are as a company and that we are um, expecting more roles to keep continuing to come in. But in the meantime, how are we going to make the best use of this time? Right. It's it's kind of a gift to have time in a recruiting space when you're never not busy to be like, okay, let's let's do some learning, right? We've done a bunch of link, LinkedIn learning courses, a bunch of DE and I classes, right? How do we use the time and then do some of those cross-functional projects we talked about? Um, yeah. and just kind of giving them updates as I get them, right? I'm trying to, you know, if I'm hearing something from our executive team, I'm sharing it back, making sure as best I can that they they feel connected to what's going on, um, and that they they have the right information and it's not a whitewash, but it's like, Hey, here's, here's today. We, we got X amount of new roles approved. Uh, here's what we're seeing. You know, why, why things slow down like that kind of stuff so that they um, they feel like they're in it with me. And I, and it, it's true where right? we have um, mutual uh, interest in, in roles continuing to, to open up. But I think just being as honest as possible.
0: Oh, I love that. And I, I know Danielle, uh Asking asking a, a, the question here, which I you know obviously I'd, I'd love your take on this, Katie, and yeah. I'm obviously happy to to chime in. But you know why why do you think the market is so tough for for, for recruiters? I mean, obviously there's a lot of factors in there, but what? Yeah,
1: would you yeah. I think what happens in the market is that um, when companies start to feel any kind of slowdown, their first instinct is to cut hiring, right? It's and even if it's short sighted, which I think it often is is to, to have that be the first instinct to say, okay, we're doing a hiring freeze. We're not bringing any more people and therefore the recruiters must go, right? And I think that then floods the market with recruiters. Right now, we were just saying like, this is the the other swing of the pendulum where everybody was hiring recruiters. We were hiring and people were like claiming numbers that were so high, uh, like astoundingly high for the the roles because there was such demand. And now the demand is is lessened because that it's kind of the first first step to go right is that people will say this is an easy cost savings
0: yeah
1: um and i think then you know we're we're all seeing there's tons of recruiters looking right now
0: (laughs) there's a lot of recruiters looking but i'm also seeing too and this is where i think you know you mentioned something you said tenacity right and another word i think for most recruiters i've met is recruiters tend to be like resilient and like kind Mm -hmm. of like a lot of the recruiters i talk talked to have been in recruitment for 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. They, uh, they just, they just stick with it. And yeah. they, 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 you go through tough times and you just figure it's it out. Cool. What yeah. I will say, what I've seen recently, which is interesting, i seen a lot more, we're just recruiters deciding to go into other things. And I, I support that too. Like yeah. I, if you, you want to go a different direction, totally fine. But the way that I'm thinking is, okay, we don't actually need a sh- huge shift in the market. What we really need is optimism for the future because yeah. optimism signals hiring, which then creates right. demand for, for recruiting. And who knows when that, that's going to be. I had my predictions, which are probably not going to come true now, but <laughs> when that happens, what you're going to see is again, there'll be a boom and a demand for recruiting.
1: And- more requests than ever. Yeah. There'll be more I think requests you're right. than
0: ever, you know, and then, and then, you know, it's an inevitable cycle, right? You're like, Kind of builds up builds up i think agency will probably be stronger when things kind of because yeah. everyone's seen these huge teams get built up and then uh, be taken apart so i think right agency will happen and then agency will get too expensive and people go why are we doing this when we can just build our internal team yeah and uh <laughs> and so i think as a recruiter it's like i think it's it's understanding where your value lies in other places and it's everything yeah. that you said like i think if you've just joining this conversation, you need to go back to the beginning and listen to it and just listen to different ways that you can bring value into an organization outside of just filling the roles. And I think if you're able to, this isn't easy, but if you're able to show that value, demonstrate it, kind of like you said, like, how do you get respect for hiring managers? Well, you give them some great hires that work out that respect is built. Right. And it's a similar type of thing. And, uh, I think this is a time for recruiters where you know, thinking about things creatively and how you can add value to the business in different ways
1: will yeah. go along
0: a long way again easier said than done
1: yeah
0: uh but it's also if you're on the market and you're freelance be thinking about can i do some consulting can i contract myself out? can i maybe work with a couple of companies they do
1: resume reviews for other people that are looking that
0: have been Resu- impacted resume reviews career there's a lot yeah. Look, I, I used to knock resume writers because I just thought, who on earth would spend All day. hundreds of dollars on a resume? <laughs> yes. And like and but then I started seeing resumes and I'm like, oh my gosh, you need you, you need help. Need some help. And uh, you think
1: of the dozen like the hundreds and hundreds of thousands you've seen in your career, right? That it's it's a natural thing to be like, oh, move this here, do this, change this paragraph, change it, and you'll have a whole other resume. And it's not even a heavy lift for recruiters because you're doing it so often, like you see it so often, you can see clearly. Whereas yeah. someone who isn't has maybe been recently impacted, they're stressed to the point of uh, they can't be objective about what they what they have in their resume. And that's that's a quick little side side gig for someone to do and be like, hey, I can help you prep for an interview, I can help you resume review and have like a, a little side consulting hustle going too. Agreed. I think one of the things you Agreed. just said kind of triggered for me is that um you know one of the things I've learned as I've gotten more into this this space is recruiters are tough right by nature so there's not a it's kind of a thankless job very often right there's not a lot of pause where someone says oh my god that hire was great thank you so much your process was awesome your communication was great that it's few and far between and you know we're lucky that we get some of those kudos but it it's not often so recruiters are used to having that, like, okay, what's next? What's next? I got to keep going. Um, I got to keep moving because the the that like build up and kudos isn't always there. It's always kind of that mentality of what's next. And I think it builds a toughness and a resilience to um, to cycles like this in the market, where people, you know, if you have the kind of that, I, I think optimism was a great way to put it, like optimism to ride it out that it's it's going to it'll turn. It, you know, it's, it's not going to stay this way, but it'll turn and your ability to kind of continue to learn and develop your skills and hone your craft makes you um, more indispensable.
0: 100%. And, I, and one of the things I know too, is like, obviously, you know, it's like your team, right? You guys are busy, you guys are doing things. So you haven't had necessarily, all, you know, the t- all the time in the world to just go out and throw yourself into AI and all yeah. these types of things. But look, if you're a job seeker right now and you have time. You know you have time to investigate like how could this impact my role how, how could I, you go into an interview and start saying hey you know have you thought about these 10 ways that you're you know th- this could improve efficiency yeah
1: um,
0: that's you know you could stand out right because it's a differentiator it,
1: yeah absolutely so i think that's
0: yeah. uh that's it, that's it from my from different leaders i've talked to who are even hiring recruiters that's one of the things that uh, i think that they've mentioned is is what really can stand out is is if you're thinking differently yeah and like thinking creatively about 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 things and um so that's you know hopefully that's helpful danielle and i appreciate the question and i know we are we're just about at time so i uh yeah i really appreciate all of your time today um katie and i just appreciate all your knowledge as well i just think i'm going to listen to this one again where can people find you if they want to connect like where's the best place
1: linkedin Uh, I live and breathe on LinkedIn like most of us, right? So I, I am there all the time checking, uh, happy to connect with, with anyone who's listening.
0: Yeah. And if, uh, I'll, I will tag you in the post. What I say is if you, if you reach out and you send a connection request, just always be, uh, always be patient as well. Um, Katie's not hanging out on LinkedIn as much (laughs) as I am. and And even it takes me a long time to get back to people. So always be respectful, but, uh, I really appreciate all of the wisdom that you've you've given us today, and I'm sure it helped a lot of people. And for people who are listening after the case as well, if you want to get a hold of Katie, I will tag her in this post. So just come back to my profile, and you'll be able to find it under recent activity. And uh, and then everybody who commented: Danielle, Leslie, Christina, if you're still out there, Stuart, Axel. It's great to have the engagement, guys. We appreciate it. And uh, I will be back next week, um, and we will see you then. So thanks a lot, Katie.
1: Thank you. It was great.
0: Yeah, we'll talk soon.
1: Bye. I'll
0: end this broadcast.